Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Well, hey, thanks again for joining us this evening. If we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Corey, and I get the privilege of being the pastor of students and children's ministries here at Branch Life, and that's super exciting uh, for me. And I am very excited about the tailgate. This was something that I had done uh, before, and one of the things that tailgates signify is that football is back. Is anybody else excited about that? Okay, thank you very much for that. It's all like three of us just gave a golf clap. I'm glad. We need to work on that over the next couple of weeks. But football's back and tailgates are fun, and so we, we definitely want to be a church that, that has a lot of fun, and we're, we're excited to do that. If you've been tracking with us over the last few weeks, I think this is week seven, we've been walking our way through Proverbs uh, this summer. And, and when I say walking through, we're not going necessarily verse by verse, but we've kind of gone topic by topic. And so we've talked about things like money, we've talked about things like fear, we've talked about some other things as well. And if you missed any of those weeks, you can always go back, go to our website, and you can check that out online if any of those things interest you. You can watch a video, uh, watch the video of the sermon and kind of piece the gaps together on what we talked about. But the reason we turn to Proverbs is, and what Pastor Josh covered at the beginning when we started this sermon series, is that Solomon wrote this book because he was made wise. He, God came to him and said, what do you want? And he said, wisdom. And so when you want to be wise about something, what do you do? You go to the smartest guy that might have ever walked the earth to learn about it. And so he wrote this book, and so we follow along, and we've tracked with these different topics. And tonight the topic that we're going to talk about is parenting. But I want to let you know before we get there, that if you'd like to follow along tonight, you can do so. Uh, in your program, there's a space for notes if you want to take notes, or you can go on your phone and go to branchlife.church, and you can follow along right there. All the notes will be there for you, all the verses will be there for you, and you can even take notes and send them to yourself later. So if you want to do that, jump in uh, for sure. But this topic of, of parenting can be something uh, that could be a little bit divisive, right? Because there's people in the room who have children like myself. I have a five-year-old named Owen, and I have a two-year-old named Anna. And some of you have children that I know very well. And some of us don't have kids. Some of us don't want to have kids. Some of us don't even like kids, right? And so we think about this topic sometimes, and, and what I don't want to happen is that we take this topic and automatically we kind of divide the room, and some of us are like, well, this topic isn't necessarily for me, so... I, I don't want to listen. Here's what I would say to you. There are going to be times this evening where I do speak specifically to people with kids or people that want to have kids or plan on having kids. But there's definitely pieces of tonight's conversation where we're going to be looking at, as a church, what is the best way for us to have an impact on the children we see around us. So you may not have kids living in your home. We have some families right now that are getting ready to welcome kids, and that's awesome too. But there are also times when, when we have to recognize that just because we're learning things from Scripture about parenting, it doesn't always necessarily mean that if we have kids or we don't have kids, we can kind of check out 
from that conversation, all right? So don't check out on me. Even if you don't have kids, I promise it'll be good for you as well. But I want to start with something, uh, show you a picture and see if you guys can tell me who this is. Can anyone tell me what this is a picture of or who might be in the picture? Our resident pilot is waving at me in the back. Jeff, I have a harder question I'll come to you for in a minute. Does anyone know? want to take a guess, though, as to who this is? Go ahead. Yes, the Wright brothers. Here, Jeff, you ready? This is the hard question. What year did they first take flight? Okay, good job. 1902, 1903, right around there is the time that they first, I knew he'd know, he can fly big planes. If we're ever on a plane and we need a pilot, Jeff's the guy, okay? Just know that. But we, one of the things that's interesting is this was over 100 years ago. This picture actually is not from the day they took flight. The day they took flight, uh, they got up in the air four times is what I read, and the longest flight was almost 1,000 feet and almost a minute long, okay? So really long flight that day, right? So they got up in the air, and then this picture is actually when they were going to sell their planes to the military. So obviously the military found out about it. They said, hey, we need to figure it out. And this is one of the, one of the brothers watching as they're flying the planes to make sure they actually work and see if they want to actually make the purchase. But here's what I've recognized about uh, the Wright brothers as I've been kind of studying this topic. They had a dream that they wanted to become a reality. No one else had gotten themselves off in the, up, up into the air the way that they were trying to do. And so they started to figure out, okay, what do we have to actually do to get this done? So they started to work on plans. They started to work on supplies. They worked together. They tried some things and failed and tried some other things and then finally started to work. And here's what I know happened. I don't know if they thought about it before or not. But the minute they got up in the air, they entered a space where no one had ever been before. They got up in the air, and it wasn't like they turned, they got, okay, great, we're off the ground, and they flip their pamphlet over or their guidebook and go, okay, now how do I land this thing? They had to figure it out in the moment. And they had to figure out, okay, now that we've actually flown, how do we, how, what do we do with it? How do we do it better? How do we get farther? And every time they did that, they stepped into a space that they had no idea what they were doing. Here's what I would say. Parenting is exactly the same way. Sometimes you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. And you step into a space sometimes where you kind of go, um, I've never been here before, what do I do, right? You, you might have a dream of like, let's have kids. So you get married and then you get together and you figure out some things and then you end up pregnant and then you kind of, okay, this is a new journey that we're heading on. And then you end up in a delivery room and you're terrified. Just kidding, people that are pregnant, it's great. No, it's terrifying, okay? So you, you get there and I remember when, when we were first having Owen, our first, and, and I was, we were like, okay, great. And the nurses and, and doctors were doing a great job of explaining everything to us as they were doing it. I didn't say this out loud, but I thought in my head, I said, just stop telling me what you're doing. And like, why are you telling me? I haven't been in a delivery room since I was born. I shouldn't be in charge here. You guys do what you need to do, and I'll jump in, okay? You tell me what to do. Because we recognize sometimes in parenting that we don't have it all together. We don't feel like we know what we're doing in every certain situation. Luckily for us, there's been a couple of books written about parenting since, you know, since 100 years ago when these guys learned how to fly. But where do we turn for that information? And, and what do we do when we step into areas of parenting maybe that we don't know what's going on and how do we maybe prepare for those things before they even get there? What Proverbs does a lot um, is it will give us goals. It will give us things to look for. And one of the things that I think could be a goal comes in Proverbs 
chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instructions. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and will be a chain of honor around your neck. So those of us who are parents in the room would say that this is probably a goal that we have. We would like for our kids to listen to us. We know that doesn't happen all the time, but we would like when they listen, right? And we would like them to understand what we're saying, heed our instructions, and then it would actually be a positive thing for them to listen to us down the road, right? They wouldn't listen to us and then find themselves years down the road and go, great, I listened to mom and dad on that one. That was a mistake, right? Nobody wants to th- our kids to think that way. And so this is one of the goals that we might have. There's another verse that might come to mind when we think about the goals. And, and Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't turn from it. We want the things that we teach now as their kids in our home, maybe, or even when they get out of our home, to be good things that they learn, and then they actually put it into practice and don't turn from it when they get older. These would be things we would hold on to and say, as I'm parenting, these are goals that I would want to happen. But the question is this, how do we do it? And this is the tension that we live in. This is the tension the Wright brothers felt when they got up in the air and had to decide, okay, now we have to land this thing, right? How do we do it? And so to answer that question, I want to take a little bit of time tonight and kind of set us up. This isn't going, like, they didn't pick me, the guy who has a five and a two-year-old, and go, he's the expert on parenting, right? That's not why I'm up here. But I think that we can look at Scripture and, and understand some things about the way that we look at ourselves and how we conduct ourselves and how that actually impacts the way that we can parent and maybe even have an impact on others around us. And the first answer to this question of how is relationship. When you think about it, you know that the people that have the most impact on your life, probably you probably have the deepest relationship with. So you trust those people, you come alongside those people, they come alongside you, and those relationships are something that you cherish, and they have an impact on your life. If somebody sat down with you, they've never met you before, and they said, I think you're doing this wrong, you would say, I don't know you, who are you to tell me I'm doing it wrong? If your best friend of 10 years sat down with you and said, hey, I'm noticing something, can we talk about it, you would hopefully say, yeah, let's talk about it, because you know that that relationship is deep, it's good, let's have the conversation. They care about you, they're not just, they don't have an agenda, they just want to be there for you, they love you. And so what relationship gives us is influence. And influence is our aim as parents. In fact, if you look at the definition of influence, it's this, the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something. I'm pretty sure I could have taken influence off of this page, put parenting up there, and said that was the definition for parenting, and you guys would have believed me. It's pretty close, right? So being able to have that influence and build that influence is something that we want to be able to do, not only as parents, but as people who are having relationships with others. We want that, in, that influence to be present, but what we have to recognize is that we can't have influence without relationship. And so without that relationship being present, our influence isn't as impactful. It doesn't take hold the way that it might if we did have a deeper relationship. Okay, I've talked to parents for a little while now. Now I'm going to pull everyone else in the room if you're not a parent, right? And here's what I think is true. What I think is true is that 
The church best exists as a family of families. So when you think about it, the the Bible uses language like we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you've decided to follow Jesus, the language that's used is that if, if there's another person who's decided to follow Jesus, they are now your sister or brother in Christ, right? And we would maybe even call somebody a brother or sister in Christ or something like that. We don't say it so much anymore. But there's a family relationship. There's a community that we're a part of. And so when that's a reality, when we recognize that we are, as a church, a family of families, what that means is when I see a desire for another parent, for their child, I come alongside that and I help that happen. So when that's their goal or their dream for their child to grow up in certain ways and to follow after Jesus, I would be the one coming alongside to help them, and the reason is because we understand that these goals are what they're aiming for. And so this isn't just simply like there's a club that's just like the parents of Branch Life that get together and talk about parenting and try and help each other out. No, this is like an all, on all fronts, we are working to have a positive influence on the children that run around this place on Sunday nights. And we work as a family of families to help raise and achieve the goals that we know as parents we're trying to achieve. Because these are the goals that we want to look for. But here's the reality, and this is, this is kind of the thing that I want us to walk away with from tonight, is that we can't be good parents without being obedient children. And let me, let me allow you, if you're like, okay, I'm not a parent. You can just take this and like write it down or something and just cross out parent. You can put in grandparent. You can put in aunt or uncle. You could put in youth leader. You could put in small group leader and branch kids. You could put in neighbor, like whatever that means. You, you can't be a good blank. I'm, I'm using parent, but insert you there, right? Without being obedient children. Here's, here's what I mean. We can't have a good influence on somebody else if we're not following Jesus ourselves. And so we have to recognize if we're going to have a a positive influence, if we're going to parent or lead in any facility the way that we're supposed to, we have to actually give our lives over and be obedient children to who God has called us to be. And so instead of just going to certain places in Proverbs tonight where it talks about children and what you do as a parent, I want to read some verses that actually talk about who we are as individuals, and, when, and what the ramifications are if we as individuals are not who we are supposed to be. So the first verse is this one. Proverbs 13, 20. It says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Here's the reality. Let's talk about you as having parents at this point, right? So you all had parents at some point. That's how you got here, right? You did not choose your parents when you were born. So if your parents were wise, automatically you became a companion to the wise. If your parents were fools, don't react, right? You became a companion of fools. And so we recognize this on the front end that our family members, the people that are maybe connected to us, didn't choose who they were companions with. But the reality is that what Proverbs tells us If someone walks with wise people, they become wise. If someone walks with a fool, that's not a positive thing. The next verse is uh, Proverbs 10, 17. says, whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, 
but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. So if you're not willing, if we aren't willing as people to recognize when we're doing something wrong and adjust it or learn from the influence we're, or the, the information we're getting, then we're going to lead others astray. And this is very true, but it's, it's difficult for us to know or to understand sometimes. Because if you've realized this, uh, you, if you're married, you definitely realize this. You might even realize it about other people. Have you ever scared yourself because you sounded like your parents? Like, even if you're not a parent, even worse, have you recognized it in your spouse, like, and you didn't keep your mouth shut about it? Yeah, I've done that a couple times. So we realize that we sound like at times our parents, or we will respond the way our parents did. But what we have to also see is that what our parents did, like for, I'm 30, so what my parents did 25, 20 years ago may not be exactly what works today. And that's not to say that it's wrong what was done before, it's just different today. Culture has changed. You'd also know that it's true, you don't parent a five-year-old the way you parent a 15-year-old, right? If you parent a five-year-old the way you parent a 15-year-old, they're going to get away with way too much. And if you parent the 15-year-old the way you parent a five-year-old, they're going to be frustrated with you all day. So there's a change that needs to happen. And, and we, as those who are working to influence those around us in a positive light, have to recognize that there are changing ways to do that and to continue to develop ourselves as good parents or as good youth leaders or small group leaders, whatever we may be, in order to make sure that we're not leading someone astray simply because it's the way that we've known it in the past. And that can be a difficult thing to understand, but we all at times misstep. We all at times find ourselves just maybe doing the wrong thing. And when someone steps in, we have to be willing to take that instruction and put it to use. Because if not, we will lead someone else astray. And the third verse is this, Proverbs 12, 26. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And so if you would be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm attempting to be a righteous person, if you are, then you are then able to have a positive impact on someone else. But if you are not a righteous person, there's a negative impact that happens to you or happens to those who are around you. Maybe you've seen this in your life with friends that you have. We all know maybe people in our lives that we'd say, that friend was a really good friend. They had a positive influence on me. And you might be able to look at another friend and say, that friend, I had fun hanging out with them, but they were not a positive influence on me. And so we know this, we know these things to be true. And what we have to be aware of as well, as we think about influences, what influences our lives, is that what we allow to influence our lives will impact those who are influenced by our lives. I've known this uh, for a long time, and, and as pastors, especially as a youth pastor, you walk this line pretty closely sometimes. Because when I know, if I come into a student ministry environment, or if I was even up here on stage just talking to you, and I said, did anyone see this show, or does anyone else watch this show, or whatever. Th whatever I say, or whatever movie, or book, or show I bring up, automatically what happens, especially in a teenager's mind, is, well, Pastor Corey watches it, so I guess I can watch it too. And so what becomes an influence on my life, I know will have an influence on somebody else's life as well. And when you're in a spotlight or somebody is paying attention to the way that you live, like kids are, 
whether you're their parents or not sometimes, what you allow to influence you will also influence the lives that are around you and have latched onto maybe what they think you would like or what you would do. And sometimes without even realizing it, we have a built-in influence that may last for decades. Something that could have happened tonight is someone could walk in to church, maybe they saw you, and they said, man, I really like that person's outfit. And they could not even say a word to you about it, but tomorrow they may go out and buy an outfit that looks exactly like yours. They just go find it or look somewhat like yours. Without even knowing it, what happened was you had an influence on their life, and you didn't even know it happened. So there's times where influence is going to come up, and you're not even going to be able to recognize that it happened, but it's going to happen, and it may have an impact for a very, very long time. Let me go back to the Wright brothers, right? Something else happened when they left the ground for the first time. They changed the course of history. Now, someone would have probably gotten us off the ground somehow, right? Someone else would have done it by now, probably. But just go with me for a minute. There would not be commercial airliners if it wasn't for them. We wouldn't have put a person on the moon. I know somebody, some people think that's a conspiracy, but let's just say it's true, right? We wouldn't have put somebody on the moon. Space stations, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, mov- we wouldn't have Star Wars. We wouldn't have things about flight, like movies about airplanes, like snakes on a plane and all kinds of fun stuff like that, right? Those, those movies, those things would just not exist anymore. We wouldn't have them. And they had an influence that lasted for decades, and will continue to last forever. You can go outside right now. Well, maybe not because it's like thunderstorms happening. But if you go outside when it's nice out and look up in the sky for 30 seconds, you'll see an airplane. That's what they did. And we don't always know the impact that our influence is going to have on somebody else. But it may last for decades. I don't know uh, who was the person who was like the starter of my spiritual lineage. You're like, what does that mean? Like, well, some point like in my past of generations of my family— Someone shared Jesus with somebody in my family that I have now descended from. I don't know who that first person was. But whoever that was had an impact on my life. Because now I am a follower of Jesus. And so our influence, what we do, the way that we have relationships with other people, can have an influence that will last for decades. So here's the really, really hard question that we have to ask ourselves. Are you worth following? Or am I worth following? And this is a difficult question to answer. It's not a fun question to answer. Because there's days you're like, okay, let me ask this question on days when uh, I've slept in and I got a good breakfast and everything's going well. Yeah, okay, that day, that's, uh, that's okay. I might be, might be a good on that day. But like, what am I like on days where I, di- I had to get up way earlier than normal, I didn't eat today, everything was frustrating. On those days, are we worth following? We don't know. Maybe not. And so this is a question that we have to ask over and over again because we just don't know the people, the kids, the just people that are younger than us that are gaining influence from who we are and who we might be influencing that day. So I have two uh, takeaways for the two groups of people in the room. So I have two takeaways for parents and I have two takeaways for non-parents, okay? So here, I'm going to talk to the parents first. So parents, Here are your two takeaways. The first one is be worth following. This is the most difficult. Because there's a lot of information 
that's, that floats around, especially with internet the way it is today, right? And you'll get a ton of information that says, like, you need to do this in order for your kid to turn out right. Like, you need to make sure they go to the right kind of school. You need to make sure they have essential oils every day. They need to make sure that you never eat su- they never eat sugar. Like, things like that. And, like, do all these things, and now all of a sudden, your kid's a good kid. In reality, I think what the answer is to this is all of those things are periphery. They might be good. They might not be but when we are purposely doing our best to follow Jesus as parents, that's what's best for our kids. And that's what's best for the kids that we see around us. So we work to be the type of people Jesus is calling us to be. The second one is this. Find people who are worth following to influence your kids. This is a little bit of like second level thinking, but let me explain it to you. There's, there's a litany of people and things that your children will be influenced by and can be influenced by. And if we leave it to chance completely, we don't know what that influence is going to be like. So you might find somebody, there could be somebody online, there could be somebody at school, there could be somebody on a team, and all of a sudden that person has an influence on your kid and you have no idea who that person or is or what it is. We need to work as parents to be able to recognize who has an influence on our kids and get to know them. So when your kid comes home and they start to talk about this teacher that they really like or this coach that they really like or this friend that they really like, our job is then get to know them so that we understand the influence they're having. And what that may look like is if you d- it is an adult, another adult who has an influence on your kid, and that's a really good thing, but you may need to take steps and say, hey, my kid really looks up to you. Can I take you out for coffee? Why? It's not so that you can go to them and be like, my kid lied last week. Can you talk to them about that? It's not that. It's not to like meddle in their lives. But it's to get to know them and understand who that person is. You might go to somebody and say, hey, my, my son or daughter, they, they, have, uh, they play soccer and they love hanging around you. They would think it was great if you just came to one of their soccer games. Here's a schedule. Let me know. I'll save you a seat. Because that invites an influence into your child's life that's a positive one that you know and can interact with and encourage. And it's a great thing to have other adults around us that are helping us to raise our kids the way that we want them to go. So that's, that's our takeaway for parents. Here's for, for non-parents. Guess what? The first one's the same. If you aren't a parent, be it worth following. Why? Because you don't know what other kid or what person is going to be influenced by you and who's going to decide they love you. And who you are is going to influence who they become. You're like, man, that's heavy. I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't ask for that. I think Charles Barkley is famous for saying, I am not a role model. But guess what? To some people, you are. And you become that, not by accident, but maybe because of what God has done in your life or theirs. And here's the second thing. Find a kid who needs another adult to be on their side. Find a kid who's not yours. It could be your grandkids. It could be your niece or nephew. It could be the kid who lives next door. Find a kid and say, I'm going to be a, an ally for you. Not in a weird way, but just, hey, let, I'm just letting you know I'm here. It might mean if you do know that kid, you're taking him out for ice cream. You're hanging out. You're going to a game or a play or a dance recital, whatever that is. Find a kid and be that influence. But first, we have to also be worth following. There's a place that this happens in Scripture as I close tonight. This is where I want to go. 2 Timothy 3. This is a conversation that happens between uh, Paul and Timothy. This is his final charge to Timothy. If you don't know who Timothy and Paul are, Paul was uh, 
big leader in the church very early on. He planted a lot of churches. He traveled all over. And so he was kind of teaching Timothy, this is what you need to do. He was teaching into Timothy, a young church leader, this is what, who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be. And in verse 10 of 2 Timothy 3, he starts here. He says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, and what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and, and persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Let me just stop for a minute and focus on the first part of this verse. What's Paul saying? He's saying, you know me. I've told you all about me. I've told you all about the good things. I've told you all about the bad things. You know me. They had that relationship. They had a good relationship. And he's saying to Timothy, please hear what I'm saying because you know me so well and we have that kind of relationship. He goes on and says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He said, listen, you know me. Here's the word I'm giving you. Things are not going to be easy, but here's what I want you to know and what I want you to do. But for as, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So hear this for a second, right? Paul mentions three different people or groups of people in this, in this short verses. He talks about himself and the relationship he has with Timothy himself. Then he talks about, in this part, it says, those from whom you've learned it. There were other people that Timothy knew well that he had a relationship with that taught him the same thing. So Paul's not the only adult leader who's been investing in Timothy. There's been other adults who've been investing in Timothy. And then he says, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Want to take a guess as to who was teaching him from his infancy? His parents. So there's this wide range of people that he says, you know them. You, you have a relationship with them. You trust them. You know that they love you. And he says, because of that, understand that things are going to be difficult, but don't turn from the scriptures. These are the exact goals that we talked about from Proverbs. That what we teach kids, whether they're ours or somebody else's, we want them to hear what we're saying, learn from it, and not turn from it when they get older. This is exactly what Paul is saying to Timothy, and he wraps up with this. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He says, don't turn from this because this is exactly what you need. And the reason that Timothy did this so well is because he had all these people as adults, his parents included, who had invested in him and taught him and showed him the reality of the, of the positivity, the influence that the scriptures had on their life. And because of that, they followed through with him, and he knew he could trust them because of it. So one of the things that we, we do here at Branch, and Pastor Josh talked about earlier, is we have those cards, those next step cards that are on the seats around you. And we challenge you every week to respond, to give a response to what we're learning so that it's not just simply walk in here, hear stuff, oh, that sounds good, and then away we go, Right? So there are two questions that I have for you guys that you can kind of think through. The first one is difficult, a little more difficult. The second one means you have to take some action. So the first thing is, do you believe you are someone worth following? That's like the oof question we have to work through, right? It's like a punch to the gut. Do you think you're someone worth following? And if not, 
what needs to change. We're going to sing a song in just a few minutes. You may need to just simply pray and say, I, I don't know. God, what is it that I need to change in order to be worth following? Here's the second question. What is the one thing you can do to invest in the life of a child this week? What's one thing you can do? What's one person you can reach out to? What, who's one person that you know, whether, whether you think they look up to you or not, but you know they might need another adult who's on their side? What do we need to do? What can you do to encourage them and have a positive influence on them this week? My last slide is this before we sing, because I want to recognize this uh, reality in the room. Sorry, I bumped it a little further. If you could go back one, that'd be awesome. Every parent has earthly limitations. And I know that when we step into this realm of conversation, it can be difficult. Because like Brandon said, like, when we sing good, good father, it might be like, I, I struggle with that idea. Like, God might be a great father, but my dad wasn't. It can be a difficult realm. And there's all kinds of baggage that we can bring into this conversation about parenting. Here's what I would say, that ultimately, no matter what we do, as earthly parents, if we're giving our kids over or, or whoever it may be, whether it's nieces and nephews, the people we're trying to influence, when we hand that over to God and allow him to take care of them and we just try and follow his lead, it takes the pressure off of us, it takes the baggage off of us and allows him to be the dad in the situation. And when that's the reality of where we sit and that's our goal for who we want to be as someone who depends on God as that perfect parent, that perfect father, it changes our perspective. And so the challenge is simply this week, first of all, as a church, will we be a church that's committed to investing in children and students and be a church of families that come around the kids that we see and work towards these goals that they would, when they get older, they would continue to follow Jesus. I know I want your help with my kids. I need help with my kids. I'll just say that. Please help each other. Let's be that church around these kids and let's see them when they walk out of here continue to follow Jesus the way that we've desired for them to follow Jesus. Let me pray for us this evening. Lord, thank you for the fact that we can go to your word and, and on topics like parenting when there's millions of influences and things that we can hear or see online or wherever it may be that are going on in our, in our feeds, in our email, and wherever it might be on TV, that we can come to you and say, how do we have a positive influence? How do we build relationships with those who we want to see follow you when they grow older? We thank you for the kids that we see run around here on Sunday nights. We thank you for the kids that are on the way and will be here in the years to come. And we pray for wisdom as we continue to parent and lead them and invest in them as you would have us invest in them. We pray that we would be a church that works together to invest in children and students so that when they grow older, when they're an adult themselves, they would not turn from your word and they would not turn from your ways. We pray blessing on all the parents here as they navigate space that maybe they've never been in before. We just ask that you would give them strength. They would turn to you and rely on you in their parenting. In Jesus' name, amen.